Hertz, Reformation Day on this day in the year 1517, German monk Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door of the Wittenberg Church. The act was really the official starting point of the Protestant Reformation, and there are many of us who have questions about how Roman Catholicism differs from evangelical Christianity. Kate, last hour, we had a number of questions during Bible Q&A about this. Yeah, and that wasn't even really the topic for that, but... Uh, yeah, it is. It is a question because uh, we all love Jesus. So, mm-hmm. what's the difference after that? Right. And why does that matter? And we should mention yeah. out of the gate, there's a lot of things we need to point out. Yeah. But uh, not the least of which is you grew up Catholic. Yes, I did. So you have an interesting perspective mm-hmm. on all of this. Very important. And our heart for the conversation today, guys, is that it's going to be gospel centered and and kind and compassionate and also uncompromising when it comes to the truth that we find in God's Word. So uh, that's kind of the, you know, when we have these these conversations that are somewhat challenging, I always go back to Proverbs 3, verse 3, in the NASB translation of God's Word, where it says, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. In other words, don't sacrifice kindness on the altar of truth or truth on the altar of kindness. Joining us is Mike Gendron. Mike was a strong defender of his Catholic faith for over 35 years, but there was a change back in 1982. It's a very important change, and he's here to talk about it. Mike, good morning. How you doing? Well, good morning, Kurt and Kate. It's a joy to be with you this morning. I sh- yeah, thank you. I should mention as well that uh, Mike has his uh, you know, ministry. It's Proclaiming the Gospel Ministry. I put a link up to it at Kurt and Kate Mornings on the Facebook page so you can access it. Mike, my goodness, there's so much that we could get into, but I've got to start with your own personal story. Tell us more about what happened for you. Well, I was a very devout Catholic and a devout Catholic family. My uncle was even a Catholic priest, and for 35 years I never opened the Bible because the priest would tell me it was too difficult to understand. If you have any questions about your faith, just ask us. And so it sat on my coffee table collecting dust. But at the age of 35, I opened it, and I had a crisis of faith because what I was reading in the God's Word was diametrically opposed to the Catholic plan of salvation. And so when I recognized that there was no way I could believe both the Word of God and the teachings and traditions of my church, I repented and put my faith in Christ as my all-sufficient Savior, and I let go of all the things I was doing to help save myself, and it literally turned my life upside down. I recognized very quickly that There is a lot of Roman Catholics that never opened the Bible either, and so I wanted to begin a ministry to share the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ with Catholics. And I quickly found out that the nature of deception is that people never know they're deceived until they're confronted with the truth. And when I opened the Bible, I was confronted with the truth, and it comes down to should we trust Christ and His Word or the teachings and traditions of the religion? And so, by God's grace, uh, he gave me eyes to see the sufficiency of our Lord Jesus Christ, and I put all my trust in him. Okay, so you would agree that uh, our Roman Catholic friends, 
believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, died on the cross for our sins, and rose from the dead. You would agree with that part of the gospel, right? Absolutely, Kurt. In fact, the Judaizers believe that too. They came into Galatia in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 to 9, and, and they were professing Christ, but they said, if you're a Gentile, you not only need to believe in Jesus, but you need to be circumcised. And Paul didn't say, let's have unity with all these professing Christians. He issued a divine condemnation by for the Judaizers adding one requirement to be saved. And so when you look at the Catholic plan of salvation, it's very similar to the Judaizers. They have to obey the law to be saved. They have to do good works in order to be justified. They have to receive the sacraments. They are necessary for Catholics to be saved. And so it's another gospel, and Roman Catholicism would be under the same anathema that the Judaizers were in Galatians chapter 1. And that's why it's important that evangelicals understand that Catholics need to be evangelized because that thin veneer of truth that you shared is but a veil that covers a false and fatal gospel. Mm. You know what? When I was a kid, uh, something uh, I grew up in Catholic school, and the thing that I remember first thinking, no, that's not right, is when they said, uh, when God closes a door, Mary opens a window. And I thought, well, God would not close the door on me. I knew then, and that was really the the germ of no one should be between me and God. There should be no person keeping me from God or being the intermediary for God to me. That was, I think, what grew in me where I went out. You know, I don't, I confess to God. I don't confess to a man. I could, you know, that kind of thing. Well, you're so right, Kate. And the Roman Catholic Church has a different view of Mary than the Bible. In fact, in paragraph 494 of the Catechism, it says, Without a single sin to restrain her, Mary became the cause of salvation for mm. herself and the whole human race. Mm. And so, of course, that robs Christ of his unique position as the one mediator between God and man. He is the only Savior, and he's the only sinless mediator, too. Yeah. Here's here's the other part of it, too, and I know that we have folks probably wondering about the doctrine of purgatory, which means that, um, you know, obviously, if you boil it all down, first of all, purgatory is not taught in the Bible. Uh, I think there are some folks who try to do theological gymnastics with uh, maybe one portion of Scripture to defend its existence. However, um, I don't see it there, and... You know what it does, Mike? It it robs Jesus of his his the power of his blood because what it means is we need Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, but then, you know, it just wasn't quite good enough, not complete enough. Therefore, there is purgatory where you've got uh, you know, another opportunity because Jesus' blood was not enough to save you from the very beginning. That just makes you catch your breath if you think about that. That's audacious, isn't it? Well, you're so right, Kurt. In fact, many people don't realize, but the first lie of the devil in the garden is perpetuated by the Roman Catholic Church and its view of sin. They believe that some sins are called venial sins and they do not cause death. And you may remember the first lie of the devil in the garden. He said, if you disobey God, you surely shall not die. And so the Catholic Church perpetuates that lie with its doctrine of venial sins. 
And so because of venial sins, which don't cause death, only temporal punishment, Catholics created a place called purgatory where Catholics go to have their venial sins purged away. And we know from 1 John 1.7 that the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. And so it does rob Christ of his glory and also the efficacy of his blood. But we have to recognize that trilogy of deception. Mm -hmm. Venial sins is not in the Bible. In fact, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The soul that sins will surely die, as we see in Ezekiel 18.4. And so all sins are deadly, and all sins incur a eternal punishment in hell. There is no such thing as purgatory. And then, you know, the Catholics need a, another um, deception, and that is indulgences. That's what is uh, purchased to get people out of this place called purgatory. And as you know, that was one of the marks of the Reformation. It, um, Martin Luther nailed his 95 Thesis protesting the selling of God's forgiveness through indulgences. So you see this trilogy of deception with venial sins, purgatory, and indulgences. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. Real, like I said, a very important conversation for us to have. Mike Gendron is our guest from Proclaiming the Gospel Ministry. And maybe you have some questions, uh, you know, maybe part of it is, you know, how do we reach out and and chat uh, with uh, our good friends who were of the Catholic faith, and, and how do we... How do we have dialogue about these types of things? That That's a good question, but maybe you have some theological questions as well, based upon what Mike has already laid out for us. We thought it would be uh, a good conversation to have regarding the differences in doctrine between uh, Roman Catholicism and evangelical Christianity. And Mike Gendron is our guest here this morning. Uh, he was a strong defender of his Catholic faith for over 35 years. A few minutes ago, we talked about uh, his background and, and all of that, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's since then, I mean, he, he sat down, he told us, he was reading the Bible, and he's like, wait a minute, you know, what must I do to be saved? What I was told as a Catholic does not match with the Word of God. And so now he's reaching out and uh, reaching out to Catholics mm -hmm. and saying, yeah. hey, guys, I just want to point out what the Church is teaching. So, um, we have a lot of people, Mike, who have uh, questions here this morning, and we covered a, a you know a lot of stuff, you know, a, a different Jesus, a, a different view of Mary, etc. Let's go to Linda in Tampa. Hi, Linda. Good morning to you. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. So, you bet. In a nutshell, I was Catholic, no longer Catholic, saved by God, Jesus. However, I have friends and family who are Catholic, and because they do get the foundation of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they they tell me, well, I believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But they're not living a, a holy-filled life like I am. So are they saved, not saved? How do I make them understand the difference? Well, that's a good question, Linda. It's important to know that Roman Catholics have another Jesus that they worship and trust. It's not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus that brings salvation offers eternal life. The Jesus of the Catholic Church only offers conditional life, and that's because a Catholic salvation is based on what they do rather than what Christ has done. And the Jesus of the Bible offers uh, the complete forgiveness of sin, but the Catholic Jesus only offers a partial forgiveness. That's why they have a place called purgatory, to have their sins purged away. 
the Jesus of the Bible offers a permanent right standing before God. Hebrews 10.14 says, By one offering he has made perfect forever those who are being sanctified. But the Roman Catholic Jesus only offers a continuous striving to gain his acceptance through good works and receiving the sacraments. And as you know, Linda, the biblical Jesus offers peace and assurance, whereas the Catholic Jesus only provides uncertainty, fear, doubt, and a false hope. So we need to point Roman Catholics to the Jesus of the Bible. That's where he's gloriously revealed as our all-sufficient Savior. Mm. Linda, thank you very much for your question. Blessings to you today. Let's go to St. Pete and Spurial. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Hi, Spurial. Welcome. Very good, sir. Uh, I think my question was answered, but what I was trying to say, so you think that the Catholic Church is lost. They're not going to heaven because of what they believe. Yeah, the Catholic Church preaches a false and fatal gospel. It is not the gospel of grace. It's grace plus merit. It's faith plus works. It's Christ plus other mediators. They believe in Scripture plus tradition, and glory goes to God and Mary and the saints. So that's why the Reformation was so important. The Reformers read the Bible, and they realized very quickly that the Catholic Church had a wrong view of salvation, because salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, all for the glory of God alone. So the Catholic Church represents a huge mission field, and I hope that you would have a desire to reach Catholics with the true gospel of Christ. Mm. Okay, so the question, are Catholics saved? It's kind of a difficult question to answer in, in one way, because it's impossible to give a universal statement on the salvation of uh, all members of any uh, you know denomination, mm-hmm. for instance. Like, not all Baptists, people who call themselves Baptists, are saved. Not all Presbyterians are saved, right. et cetera, et cetera. And despite the unbiblical beliefs and practices of what we're talking about here, of the Roman Catholic Church, the doctrine— there are, would you agree, Mike, genuine believers who attend some of these churches? And so maybe it's it's not because of the doctrine, obviously, it's in spite of the doctrine that's being taught. Is that the way you can reconcile uh, this question? Well, sure, there are born-again Christians in the Catholic Church, but they're no longer Catholic. And the Spirit of God, along with the Word of God, will remove them from the Catholic Church as they grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. Because we know from the Great Commission, we're to go and make disciples, teaching them to observe everything Christ has commanded. And Christ said that God seeks worshipers in spirit and in truth. And so you cannot continue in an apostate form of Christianity that teaches a false gospel. And again, I'm not suggesting for a moment that the... uh, Roman Catholic Church does not have any true believers, but they're no longer Catholic. They're born-again Christians. And thank the Lord for radio stations like your show, because that's how the message goes forth, and only through um, people outside the Church will Catholics ever know the truth, because they will not hear it as they worship and listen to the priest and believe the Roman Catholic doctrine of salvation. If I could quickly say, according to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, a Catholic needs to receive the sacraments. They are necessary for salvation. They must attend the sacrifice of the Mass. That's a sacrifice that forgives the sins they committed in the previous week. 
We've already talked about the need for purgatory to purge their sin. They have to do penance. The Catholic Church transliterated the word repentance and put it in the form of penance, where Catholics have to do penance to be saved. And they have to be baptized. That's the sacrament of regeneration as well as the sacrament of justification. They have to keep the law, and they have to do good works. And so that's another gospel. And that's why the first command of our Lord Jesus is to repent and believe the gospel. They need to change their mind about what they're trusting and put all of their faith and hope in Christ alone. Hmm. Let's go to Christine next in St. Pete. Hi, Christine. (laughs) Welcome to our conversation. Yes, good morning. Good morning. My question is, could you please give me an explanation um, regarding the miracles of Mary, for instance, uh, at Fatima, her appearance at Fatima? Well, sure, Christine. First and foremost, we need to recognize what John wrote in 1 John 4, 1, that we are to test every spirit to see if they're from God. And the way we test the spirits is to see if their message lines up with the supreme authority of God's Word. And these apparitions that are appearing in different places, including Fatima, bring a message that is opposed to the gospel of Christ. It's opposed to God's Word. And so we need to reject them because they don't conform to God's Word. And we have to also recognize that the Lord Jesus said in the last days there would be lying signs and wonders to deceive even the elect. And so these apparitions very very well may be Satan appearing as an apparition of Mary to deceive the world. And so we have to test every spirit, just Mm. like the Bible says. What do you think, Mike, about uh, many... Uh, well-known evangelical Christians uh, embracing Roman Catholicism in terms of, uh, hey, why don't we all just get along? Uh, let's, uh, you know, combine efforts, and we're all on the same page. There seems to be a movement afoot where this is exactly what is going on these days. What do you think of that? Yeah, Kurt, there's many evangelical leaders and pastors that are trying to reverse the Reformation The Catholic Church is uh, behind all of this with their ecumenical movement, and they've been able to get evangelicals to sign unity accords, such as evangelicals and Catholics together in 1990s. And then you had the Manhattan Declaration in 2009. Over 640,000 evangelicals have now signed this Manhattan Declaration that dares to say that we share a common faith in the gospel with Roman Catholics. And so it's really heartbreaking for me because I lived it for 35 years, and now for 32 years we've dedicated our life to reaching Catholics with a true gospel. And so we see in 2 Corinthians six fourteen to 18 that we are not to have unity with unbelievers because what does light have in common with darkness? What does Christ have in common with Belial? What does righteousness have in common with unrighteousness? So we need to remain sanctified by the truth, and we need to contend earnestly for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. That's the exhortation Jude gave in his epistle. And so I hope your listeners would recognize that these evangelical leaders that are compromising the gospel for the sake of unity with the Catholic Church need to be reprimanded and called out and uh, show them that we cannot have unity with an apostate form of Christianity. I want to make sure everybody knows that they can connect with our guest, Mike Gendron, at his website, proclaimingthegospel.org. I uh, have a link at Curtin K Mornings on Facebook, so you can just click on the link 
and that'll uh, take you there. He's got videos. He's got resources. Um, it's just a lot of stuff there that would be very helpful. And, of course, uh, the backstory is that uh, Mike was a strong defender of his Catholic faith for over 35 years. But uh, back in 1982, while reading God's Word, a uh, light bulb went off above his head, and he's like, wait a minute, Roman Catholicism, the uh, doctrine does not line up uh, with what the Bible is teaching. Now, this is a tough conversation to have because we all have friends and maybe even some family members who are of the Roman Catholic faith, and uh, so, you know, we're we're like, we love them, but we also want to stand for truth. So, you know, speaking the truth in love is the spirit in which we're having this conversation. Now, before we get back to the uh, the phones, Kate, we did get a text from somebody. Yeah, Bob and Sandy just feel that uh, what we're talking about is alienating Catholic believers. How do you respond to that, Mike? My guess is you probably hear that a lot. Well, sure. Again, the nature of deception is that people do not know they're deceived until they're confronted with the truth. And, you know, the Lord Jesus said in John chapter 8, if you're a true disciple of mine, you will abide in my word. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, free from religious deception, free from religious bondage. And that's why the Reformation was so important. It returned the Bible to the people. You know, the Catholic Church put the Bible on the list of forbidden books because the truth was setting them free. That's how the Reformers were set free. They read the Bible and they realized the plan of salvation in the Catholic Church was against the gospel of Christ. So we love Catholics. I've dedicated my life to reaching them with the gospel. I've written a book called Preparing for Eternity that just shows the Word of God right alongside the Catechism and Catholics can see that their catechism goes against the gospel, and then they have to make the same decision I made, and that is to trust Christ and his word over the teachings and traditions of their religion. So we do this out of love for Catholics. We have a great compassion for them. Yeah, and somebody told me, you know, Catholics make great converts because they believe the Bible, they just don't read it. But once they read it, they they know it's the truth, you know. They just don't know they don't know the truth. Amen. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Jennifer next in Apollo Beach. Hi, Jennifer. Good morning. Good morning. Um, my question is, what's the best way to start this conversation with your Catholic relatives? That's a great question. I would simply ask them, what are you trusting in order to go to heaven? And with Roman Catholicism, four out of five times they never mention the name of Jesus. They respond with what they're doing and hope they've done enough and So you can simply follow that up with, if that weren't true according to God's Word, would you want to know how to be saved? And then you can point them to Christ and His finished work. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way for those who are lost. He's the truth for those who are deceived. And He's the very life for those who are dead in their sins. So we need to point them to Christ and His all-sufficient work on Calvary's cross. Let's go to Winter Haven next, and Denise. Hi, Denise. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. I just think, thank you for having me. I just think that the Catholic Church is confused. Um, I was Catholic for a long time until I was 20-something, and then a pastor from Florida came down, uh, one of my cousins, and asked me to receive Jesus in my grandmother's house, and literally I got saved. So I just think that you know, the Catholic Church means well, but they're living with idols and different things, and they believe in certain things that just are not in there. 
the Mother Mary prayer, the Hail Mary prayer, not in there, um, certain things. But anyway, um, the dead in Christ will rise first and be united with us in the air when we go to receive Jesus. So, and uh, I think it's First Thessalonians. And um, I just think that, um, you know, when you get people that really don't understand the power of God and the Word of God, the way it's supposed to be understood, then they just make up their own doctrines. And I think that's what the Catholic Church is kind of doing and leading people into a lower version of what God wants. And if you can get people away from the Catholic Church and into God's, you know, perfect plan for their life, um, that's the best way to get them saved and uh, Good thoughts, Denise. Uh, Mike, what do you think about what she was saying? Well, sure. Denise is right on. You know, the goal of every religion is to control its people, and they do it with religious deception and religious bondage. That's why Jesus said, the truth will set you free. You need to know the truth so you can be set free. But uh, Roman Catholicism is no different from all the other religions of the world. They all teach a works righteousness salvation, that you have to do things to appease your God. And biblical Christianity says Christ has done it all. We're saved by grace, trust in Christ alone, and you'll be set free from any religious deception. Mike, thank you so much for spending the hour with us and answering some questions. I know that uh, you know all of us, I would venture to say, have some questions about the Roman Catholic faith, and it's been a good hour. It's not an easy thing to talk about because we don't like to be divisive, you know, uh, or divisive, however mm-hmm. you pronounce it. <laughs> Either way, we don't like being it. But you know what? You have to stand up for the truth, and you can do it in, in kindness and in love. And my hope and my prayer is that we've done that very thing. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And again, thank you for spending some time with us today. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, maybe we can get together again in the future. Of course. You're always welcome to join us. Proclaimingthegospel.org is Mike's website. That's proclaimingthegospel.org.